Welcome to Bariatric Yarns, where we talk all things weight loss surgery. This season, I'm sharing my book, An Unexpected Journey, which is all about my first year of weight loss surgery, and I reflect on how much things have changed since the big day as I approach my three-year mark this December. Welcome back to Bariatric Yarns. It's great to be here. We are um, powering through the final chapters of an unexpected journey. I hope everyone is having a great day today. I really am quite curious as to see what's coming up for the rest of the book. And I'm almost wondering if I might be able to get through the rest of the book in this one episode. I am not going to muck around at the beginning with a whole lot of banter. I'm just going to start reading. Oop. Nearly dropped my microphone. I'm just going to start reading. And let's let's just see how far we get. Um, chapter 11. Life beyond weight loss surgery. And so usually I wait until the end of the chapter to kind of give my little bit of a recap. What I discovered in the last few episodes is my current fishbowl brain doesn't remember anything that I've really said, so I can't give much of a reflection. So this time around, as I have kind of observations, I will sidebar and um, comment on it as I go. <laughs> Let's try that. Okay. <sighs> Where we go. Chapter 11, Life Beyond Weight Loss Surgery. Thoughts about life. Post 16, August 2020. I'm too wired to sleep. So cute on slaughter photos. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> Let's see again. I'm too wired to sleep. So cue onslaught of posts. 2017 verse today. Not looking for propping up here, but just sharing the truth. I sat here looking at these two pictures for ages, feeling like there isn't fuck all difference in these photos. And truth be told, I've been feeling like that with plenty of my photos lately. There really is no magical time frame to adjust mentality to changes in your body. And I can imagine that doesn't just go for the change in size. It could be applied to a lot of different things. It's weird because on one hand you feel the benefits, but you also feel exactly the same at times or maybe it's just some part of your brain. I still buy clothes that are a bit too big if I don't try them on. I was like mind boggled the other day when buying a t-shirt. The shop assistant asked me if I wanted a medium and I suggested if I wanted a bigger fit and suggested if I wanted a bigger fit to get a large. Meanwhile, I was like, shit, I would have had the XL hoping it would fit. Or it would, f- <laughs> sorry, I would have got the XL hoping it would fit what it f- what feels like my gig- ginormous arms. I've had multiple convos with people who've lost a big chunk of weight lately who feel exactly the same. But I think it's just our bodies and brain wanting us to default to our own ways of tearing ourselves apart to find other reasons to feel like shit. It's almost like embarrassing to outwardly assume you might fit a smaller, smaller size before you sh- then before in a shop. And equally shameful to stop thinking about potentially breaking that plastic chair at a party when you put your full weight on it, if you have managed, if you have even managed to get your hips in, all at the same time. It's not external, but internal pressure. Anyway, I've mulled it over and 
I feel some tiredness in my eyes, but oh well, I'm here. I decided not to do E45 for now. I'm going to learn how to do Olympic weightlifting instead, or at least try and see if I like it as much as I suspect I will. My husband joined F45 to do the challenge though, so I'm looking forward to supporting him while he goes hard, and I think it'll give me something good to focus on. He's amazing when he decides to put his mind to something. A trait and Evie a lot. I'm 12 months post-op, and my journey hasn't been as straightforward as I thought it would be. By now, I thought I'd be my smallest, whatever that looked like. I kind of get embarrassed about how I'm not at my smallest sometimes when I'm working hard to change my mindset around that. The reality is, for the most part, I feel good in my body and I love how I look, but it's my expectations that I should look a particular way that keep me stuck in this feeling. The first six months I felt great because I was losing weight and the second six months I felt like shit because I told myself it wasn't enough weight, therefore I was still not good enough. What I came to realise over the 12 month period was that there is life after weight loss surgery. In the early days, it's a big topic of conversation because it's your sole focus to eat a certain way and everyone is commenting on your physical appearance changing. After 20 plus years of being aware of my weight and a good portion of that trying to change how I look through dieting, it's hard to change the patterns and cycles we've been living in and learn to love our body in new life. Most days, I can't even remember what I looked like when it, and what it felt like to be 140 kilos. To be honest, I feel the same as I always have when I look at my body. I look down and I see my tummy and legs and they look the same. When I look at comparison pictures, I see that they look different, but they are just smaller versions of what they were. They still look the same to me. Finding a new focus in life is hard when for so long all of your energy has gone into losing weight or beating yourself up for not losing weight. You have to figure out who you are with a diet, without a new gym program, sorry, who you are without a diet, without a new gym program, without being the person who was always talking about wanting to lose some kilos. For me, after having weight loss surgery and seeing how much of an impact it had on my life, I wanted to help reduce the stigma about having surgery. I'm prepared to have conversations with people who have different views on surgery because I'm armed with facts, science and personal experience. This is my way to give back to the world and as Gail, my emotional wellbeing coach says, I've made my mess into my message. I like to say weight loss surgery it's not an easy way out, it's just a different kind of hard. I've had a relatively smooth ride, but I look around at my peers and I see some of them struggle daily with the side effects of weight loss surgery. I liked to hear it described as a jump start to weight loss, and that is how I think of it for myself. Having surgery doesn't instantly teach you how to eat well for your body and what to do to move well. It doesn't set your alarm and get you to the gym in the morning or give you an extra hour in the day to work out. Surgery doesn't make you examine your life and what serves you and begin to change your surroundings to support you to become a better version of yourself that you want to be. When people talk about weight loss surgery in a negative way, I encourage them to do some research, find out what they're talking about because most of the time they're wearing those rose tinted glasses from things that they've heard or seen from others and they're very removed from a real weight loss surgery experience. Just like anything in your life, don't judge others if you've not walked in their shoes. 7th of December 2020. This is a note I wrote myself last week when I needed a pep talk. I've been saving this photo because it was my favourite one from our Wellington trip last month and I think this post is worthy. If you don't know what the title reference is, it's the David Goggins book, Can't Hurt Me. Be your own boat crew too. Okay girl, you've spent a lot of time wondering how you can succeed. Look at your past year, you're living it. You have some learnings, 
You set expectations for yourself far too grand and high. You've learned to focus on smaller goals at a time. Sometimes you eat and you don't know why or you can't stop yourself but you're working on it. You need to remember that being hungry isn't the end of the world. You are not dying. You will survive. Now listen. It's time to put all of the things you've been practicing into play. Follow your meal plan. Go to the gym. Hit the trail. This is your week. Now we aren't expecting you to be perfect. Perfection is not the goal. But just trying a little every day. Your effort is all you need to bring. Sometimes it's lower than average and sometimes higher and that's okay. That's life. I'm going to put it out there and say that the worst judgment, in my opinion, comes from others who are overweight. Never mind the people who have never struggled with weight in their lifetime, it's the ones that are struggling and almost take offence that you have decided to have weight loss surgery, like it's an insult to them as they will potentially continue to struggle or continue their struggle. It's like you're inadvertently saying being overweight is not okay for you so it mustn't be okay for them too. It truly is a reflection on them if they decide to treat someone differently or share negative views or comment about weight loss surgery. It's not nice to have to feel awkward about the fact that you've lost weight when in certain company. Sadly, it's not something many of us can avoid and distance is sometimes the only answer. When food is removed as a coping mechanism, when you're forced to deal with the past trauma and pain, things that have driven you to have an unhealthy relationship with food over time because you've never let them go. Sometimes it's subconscious and we don't even know exactly what it is that's driving us down a road we don't want to be on. Finding a way to deal with these feelings are crucial for you to move on and become the next version of yourself. That is what we're here for, to level up, to become what we want to be and live our beliefs. Working through past trauma is integral to moving on and making you stronger for whatever comes next. I've gained the confidence to grab life by the balls and go after what I want. I'm backing myself to the end no longer apologising for thinking that I might not be able to do something. One thing I've learned is we can all sit back and wonder how people get things done or we can just get in there and make change happen ourselves. I do often wonder, are we becoming a new person or are we uncovering the person that was already there? Post 25 May 2020, I am beautiful. Funnily enough, I forgot to do this day. 30 days of May weight loss surgery photo challenge, the only day of the month I forgot and the one I've been dreading. I've never felt beautiful in my entire life. I used to feel so envious in particular of men and women who were overweight but still what I thought of as attractive. You know who I'm talking about, the ones who have really attractive faces no matter what size, also a killer personality that just gives them that extra lift as well. I'll give you the handsome to hot spiel another time. It might not be politically correct to talk about it, but I bet you know what I mean. In February, for the first time, I saw a photo of myself at my sister's wedding and actually thought, wow, I don't look so bad. My face is kind of attractive in that photo. That's the photo I've shared today. It was the first time I've ever entertained the idea that maybe, just maybe, I might have a half-decent face hiding under there. I just hate taking a compliment, and for the first time in my life, I've hidden any hint of sexuality from public because of things that I want uh, went through as a kid. I used to wonder if all the extra weight was a shield to keep me from being seen and sometimes thought maybe it was a means of self-sabotage to make sure I wasn't sexualized by others. I used to think maybe I now know that yes, for me, that was part of my constant weight gain. It took a lot more 
to unpack that and speak openly, but I can now. Linking beauty to attractive, to gaining attention, is a big reason why I don't like attention of that nature and it makes me feel really uncomfortable. There's one time I can remember being told that I was pretty when I was about 14 years old. I think about that often. The fact that I remember that uh, how it made me feel. My husband has always given me compliments and made me feel beautiful from day one and nearly 14 years later nothing has changed and my friends are forever giving me love as well. I believe my husband believes all of the nice things he says about me but I'm working hard on being able to feel that and believe it myself. I think of my friends and how they're all beautiful and now I just feel so deeply for them when I see them pick on their own when I see them pick their own bodies apart and it kills me I wish they would see themselves how I see them as as the amazing goddesses they are and I think okay you need to do that for yourself it's a process and I'm sure you are all too painfully aware at the top of it are all my children at the top of it my children are my children (laughs) and thinking of how I want my daughter to see herself and my son So I am beautiful. And one day I hope that I truly believe that when I say it. Not too much of a reflection on that. That was actually quite a nice little recap. On to chapter 12, undieting. A year on from weight loss surgery, my mindset has changed dramatically. Where fat loss was once a big focus for me, I have had to truly dig deep and try to get to the root cause of my bad relationship with food. There were some things I could address that led me to eat, from having quality sleep through to letting go of trauma and adding new beliefs to my system. At the very end of the journey, I've begun a new chapter, and that is learning about and embracing intuitive and mindful eating and letting go of the diet lifestyle. For too long, I've been ruled by the diet industry, always focusing on changing my body and never really focusing on feeling good in my body and what that looks like. It feels weird shifting my thinking to undieting because the reality is I paid a lot of money to have weight loss surgery and I'm not sure if the two things align. I can tell you that I do not regret my surgery for one moment. Without it, I would never have even come to this place where I can consider living an intuitive eating life. It might not be part of everyone's journey to get here, but it certainly is part of mine. I came across mindful and intuitive eating when I was on Instagram, went down the rabbit hole looking at the amazing content that was available. I felt like I'd found my people eating guilt-free with no restriction and feeling good in their body. Where did I sign up? I loved the concept, but in the beginning, I didn't really know how to start, so I floundered for a couple of weeks until I found the How to Love Your Body podcast by the Body Love Society. I followed them on Instagram and loved the content they produced, so when I needed something new to listen to, I thought, why not give it a go? Their podcast began to change my life. And as I write this, I'm still very new to intuitive mindful eating. But I know this is the last stop for me. I'm determined to become an undieter. I'm determined to grow my children to be undieters and to get my husband on the bandwagon too. I then went on to find Kelly Jones Nutrition, who talks about fitness and intuitive eating and is more aligned with how I feel about all of this stuff. My vision for undieting is unlearning everything to do with diets, healing my relationship with food and eating well to feel good in my body and mind. What is intuitive and mindful eating? The Body Love Society tagline is stop dieting, end binge eating, find wellness without obsession. Intuitive and mindful eating is about making food easy and feeling healthy and confident in our bodies without obsessing over food all day or having to go on another diet again. 
The Body Love Society produces great content on their website and social media. They have courses for people to learn how and begin to practice intuitive and mindful eating. Many of us are stuck in a diet cycle for years. It might look different for each of us, all the same or different at certain times in our lives, from restricting, binging, having all or nothing mindset, signing up to group-based things like Weight Watchers, prescribed meal plans or ways of eating like keto or eating clean. Once I decided to break the cycle and stop dieting, it's brought a conscious awareness to just how much I trained my brain to see everything in diet speak. The first thing I did after I made the choice to pursue undieting was to go to the supermarket and let myself buy whatever I wanted. I walked around doing my normal shop and by the end there was nothing different in the trolley. It wasn't until I was at the checkout that I remembered my favourite no granola that I used to eat until I realised just how much calories were in each serve and I got a packet of that. They talk about how we're destined to binge when we restrict and I'm a walking example of that. The idea that I could give myself food freedom and that it would lead to the end of binge eating is an exciting and terrifying one but it makes sense in my bones. I started to notice my thoughts on day two and when I got up and I was making a decision on breakfast, you see prior to this, I had taken part in a four-week lifestyle change program that included intimate fasting and I had an eating window from 12 to 8 and had effectively stopped eating breakfast. It wasn't that hard for me, I'm kind of lazy at times, so not having to make breakfast was more of a plus than anything else. The day after becoming an aspiring undieter, I asked myself what I wanted for breakfast and the thought process went something like this, what do you want? You can have anything. You still have everything to make the yogurt and oat breakfast. You enjoy that. You might as well make it and then you'll know you'll be getting 20 grams of protein. You don't have to have that if you don't want. But if you have toast, then how much protein is that going to be? You know, jam on toast is basically just a filler food. What about avocado and basil leaves on toast? Sold. What is different for me is that protein, the protein lens has been very heavy for the last 12 months because it's the most important thing in the field world post weight loss surgery. I need to get 60 grams minimum a day for my body to do its thing and I accept that. I don't think it's dieting. Maybe my mind will change as I understand this stuff more, but for now I see it as being a part of what I need to do to honour my body. I love protein in general and for me I think it's more being mindful that I'm including it when I eat across the day. I know my body needs it and I know I feel better when I include it. The best way for me to learn about intuitive and mindful eating has been listening to podcasts, particularly the How to Love Your Body one. I'm loving that it all comes back to wellness and discovering what that looks like for us and how to feel good and confident in our bodies. To be at peace with food, to stop binging and eating and having wellness without the obsession sounds like a bloody good life to me. Through listening to the podcast, I've listened, I've realized I have an obsession, I've had an obsession with food for a long time. I don't think it's normal and listening to other stories ensures me that it's not. I used to think about food every single minute of every day. It was the first thing I would think of when I woke up and the last thing when I went to bed. I used to just say I was a foodie, but I just truly, and that, but I just, but I didn't just enjoy good food. I truly obsessed over it. I'm working hard on transforming my language, thoughts and beliefs to think more like an undieter. Instead of saying calories, calling things healthy or calorie dense, I'm just calling food food. I'm disengaging from conversations that don't align with undieting and I'm starting to talk to people about feeling good in my body instead. I'm being compassionate and kind to myself because it's not an overnight change and I have to keep working on it every day. It's crazy how much time I am going to have instead of coming up with this with focused plans for the week or month and not spending time beating myself up for not sticking to something. The big work starts when I discover self-worth, self-acceptance and self-love.
Self-acceptance means you are in this moment and you're in this only body. You're in the only body you'll ever have. So instead of fighting against reality, let's work with it. We've got it. This skill will allow you to embody intuitive eating when the phase comes. And self-love means learning how not to be so hard on yourself because woman, you've got it going on and wasting the years away thinking any differently. You're wasting the years away. The goal with intuitive mindful eating is food is easy and binge eating is gone. You can care about your wellness, but it never turns into an obsession that distracts you from everyday life. You never have to start over again. Finally, some sustainability. You naturally live, naturally live in balance. The below is from the website outlining five reasons why many of us are stuck in the food struggle. The five reasons you're stuck in the food struggle and how to get out of it. This content is from the Body Love Society website. Reason one, you can't diet anymore. You don't know what to do instead. You've decided you don't want, you've decided you don't want to diet anymore. You've researched a little about body positivity and maybe even read the intuitive eating book. The ideas make sense and you love the thought of all of it. But how do you start? What is step one? It's all very overwhelming and very confusing. So you end up doing nothing. What you need? You need to have the confidence to go full force with a first do this, then that strategy that gives you the momentum to get out of the diet mindset and into an easy and enjoyable relationship with food, exercise and your body. Reason two, you still think you're a dieter, even though you aren't technically dieting. You think, hey, I'm not dieting anymore and I'm eating whatever I want. This must be intuitive eating, but it doesn't feel too great. I guess this doesn't work for me. We get that. We've been there. The thing is, just because you aren't on a meal plan anymore doesn't mean the way you're thinking has changed. If you're eating the cookie but afterwards feeling guilty, this is not being an undieter. Eating all the food doesn't heal your relationship with food, but shifting your mindset does. What you need to change the way you think about food, your body, and exercise so that it can be easy and enjoyable. The tricky part in this is a lot of it is subconscious, and so normal to you at this point after decades of dieting that it can be so hard to see what needs shifting. Reason three. You don't know how to care about your wellness without getting obsessive. So you're eating all the food, but it doesn't feel good and you're wanting to move towards a more balanced lifestyle. But every time you try to change in a healthier direction, you end up getting obsessive again and second guessing every bite you take. This is a slippery slope back into dieting and thinking about food all damn day. What you need to truly strip down the diet rules and ways of thinking so you aren't making yourself right or wrong for anything you do, but you can honour your body and focus on feeling great. Reason four, you feel alone, surrounded by dieters. You're working on getting away from diets, but everyone around you is making that very difficult. When you're alone, doing the work, it can be so easy to slip back into old dieting habits. And it can feel hard, and it can be hard to feel like an outsider. Having people questioning what you're doing all the time, what you need, a community and mentorship to support you to get to the place where you're feeling confident in your way of life. Your friend can talk about dieting all she wants and it doesn't send you back into questioning if you're doing the right thing. Reason five, you don't trust yourself or your body. You've ignored your body signals the entire time you were dieting. To trust them now can be scary. You function all these years with strict rules because you don't know how to trust yourself and what to do. Letting your body lead you can feel like you are giving up control so you second guess a lot of the steps you take. This is the opposite of being intuitive. What you need, constant reassurance that you're on the right path in a little gentle direction when you're getting off track. 
If you're consistently second guessing yourself, you need constant, consistent support to keep you going in the right direction and get clarification on your questions and doubts. I wish I had found intuitive and mindful eating a long time ago. I wish I'd put my energy into becoming an undieter years ago. I feel in a unique position after having weight loss surgery and now embracing a lifestyle that is about how I feel and not how I look. But my thoughts are when I chose to have weight loss surgery that this was my first step to become an undieter and I didn't know it. Weight loss surgery was the point where I said no more to the diets and chose an option that was a forced physical change. I wonder if I had become an undieter before this, if my body would have changed and I would have been able to get rid of the CPAP and fitter without surgery, but I'll never know. And I have a suspicion the only reason I embrace this new way of undieting now is because of all the hard work I've done in the past year on my mental well-being. Things I'd never have done if I hadn't have had weight loss. To my fellow weight loss surgery brothers and sisters, I believe that if you still feel trapped in the diet cycle, even post-op, which I did, then intuitive and mindful eating might help you find a better space. What I hated before surgery was feeling like my life was dedicated to dieting and weight loss. I've had a brief reprieve after losing 43 kilos, but I stalled for a good six months, and that mentality came flooding back. I didn't feel good enough. I felt unworthy. I felt like a failure. felt like I could have easily been... At day one, when I was 140 kilos, feeling like I couldn't do anything right. My thoughts, feelings and diet patterns get me stuck in a bad mental state once again, staring down the barrel of trying to lose weight and having that lost that initial jumpstart from weight loss surgery. Honestly, I'm still fighting diet brain every now, even now as I write. I'm very new and a trainee and dieter. I still know deep down I would like to have a smaller body. I want to hit the 50 kilo milestone and be in the 80s for the first time in my life. I also want to be able to run and play sports at a high level. While those thoughts are still there, they aren't as important as, or as focused as they were before I chose to undiet. My first priority is to feel good in my body and end the restriction, which has been the biggest nemesis, my, my biggest nemesis my entire life. I'm still physically restricted by my smaller stomach, but I can eat okay now. Diet Brand wants me to write that obviously I can eat enough to not lose weight for six months. Obviously, these are the thoughts that I'm trying to eliminate. I don't know where I'm going to end up on this journey, but I feel a hell of a lot better pursuing this than I ever have trying to diet. And I think that speaks for itself. What I've found after immersing myself in this is that it takes time to unlearn things. I still have moments of food obsession, baking the cookies and being able to, unable to stop myself from eating them all. Part of that is acknowledging that knowing there are reasons why. By allowing myself anything I want and almost forcing myself to be guilt-free about it, I've gained a few kilos and my clothes have gotten tighter for a period, but I've consciously noticed that I've wanted less things. It's taking time, but I can feel within me that something is changing, the narrative is changing, and I know I'm doing the right thing. When I struggle with embarking on this journey to be mindful and intuitive, what I struggled with was how I could merge my fitness performance goals into this as well. I've come to a good place on this recently. There was just a way I need to process all of this to get to this point. I believe so much in the power of goal setting and building habits, so not setting goals around how I want to improve my fitness performance really isn't an option for me. My learning. I've set my own guidelines. Aim. My body mind feels good, nourished and satisfied. Principles. Listen to your body always. Practice kindness and compassion towards yourself. No sacrificing things I love and need. How? 
choose foods I enjoy and make me feel good, listen to what my mind body needs and honour it kindly, follow precision nutrition principles where I can and create habits and be consistent. I've set a goal to weigh 85 kilos. Now that seems a bit backwards when talking about undieting, but there are a few reasons I wanted to set it. One, from a goal setting perspective. Two, because I believe if I lose more fat, I'll be able to achieve my fitness performance goals running. Three, I know within myself that my body will be better. Now I reach 95, if I reach 95 kilos and can achieve all of the above, you can bet that I will be stopping right there. I'm not tied to having to weigh that much it's just a figure that I think I could achieve based off my fit 3d scans not married to it things change and if I've gotten anything from my book it's just that I adapt as I go oh gosh the end there really just made me cringe because actually reflecting back so it's now two years later and reflecting back on this episode I I still 100% wanted to lose weight. So this is it's actually quite interesting, this, because I'd completely forgotten about the Body Love Society. What's happened since then was I read the book Intuitive Eating by um, Evelyn Trebel, I always say it wrong, and Elaine Risch. They're, so like, they're like the OGs of intuitive eating, and they have 10 principles for intuitive eating. I think I've potentially spoken about them on this, these episodes and I've actually, I've in, I ended up going through their book and through that whole process of working through um, trying to become an intuitive eater, which is an undieter, what these guys were talking about. You really do have to let go of the weight goals and as long as there is an expectation on yourself to lose weight when you're trying to intuitively eat, it just, it just doesn't work. And I think when I was in this phase, I was trying so hard to be an undieter but there was still this huge need in me to want to be 85 kilos, which has been a number that's hung over my head for years and years and years and years and years that I set for myself. Um, oh, there's a baby crying. Just see if he goes back to sleep. Oh, yeah, so that one was a little bit triggering for me to read. Um, but also some really good advice in there for myself. This, is, this has been a good episode to kind of come back and reflect on. Um, I don't even think I follow the Body Love Society anymore, so I might go and give them a follow after this. Oh, yeah, that's one of my little babies, I think. Dad's just gone and need to check on them. Um, okay, so that was chapter... Oh, look, we've only got like four, not even, three pages left. So I think we're going to just finish off. Um, this is chapter 13. This is the final chapter in the book and it is called Leveling Up. Yeah, we're at 30 minutes. Let's do it. Leveling. Oh. Oh no. Hang on. <laughs> I'm just like losing myself. Was I a few pages off? Brum, 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 brum. Uh, uh, uh. Okay, I've just lost my spot. Un momento. Oh, is this it? Here we go. Uh, 
Okay, all right. So I just had to pause that, and for some reason I can't rewind at all, so there might be a little bit of a gap in between. Okay, chapter 13, Leveling Up. The past 12 months have been a huge journey of personal challenge and growth for me. I'm proud of myself and how far I've come. I've embraced the challenges. I've shared them publicly so others know that this is not all clothes shopping and a lower weight on the scales. I've done what I set out to do within my first 12 months. I've battled my own mind, feeling not good enough in my weight loss and mental toughness. And I have come out the other side. One thing I've done my entire life is search for answers. Search for something that will help me live my life better. That has taken me to some deep places. I've met some wonderful people and my mind remains open and curious to learn more. I've come out the other side of weight loss surgery and yes, it was hard, but I don't quite understand why more people don't do it. Is it the stigma? Is it the diet shame we place upon ourselves culturally? I'm specifically thinking about people who have the financial means to have private surgery, but continue to pay a lot of money to try other diets or even very extensive diet camps or lifestyle retreats. It doesn't fix everything, but it gives you an opportunity to work on yourself while becoming a healthier version version of yourself. I'm very much on a journey to intuitively and mindfully eat, which is a huge adjustment to get rid of the diet brain. I believe even starting to unlearn diet culture and build a healthier relationship with my body, that having weight loss surgery and losing weight and sleep apnea at the same time has given me a better quality of life. I could have remained the same weight and come to accept my body and ditch the diet culture, but I wouldn't have felt good in my body like I do now, which is the aim. I think it's a new position to be in, but I'm embracing it because it's mine. What I want others to know is that weight loss surgery has changed my life, but it's not just the forced physical change, but the huge mental shift as well. I'm the 3.0 version of myself sitting here right now and 12 months ago I was version 1.0. Without the weight loss and the work I wouldn't be who I am right now. That's not saying that someone needs to lose weight to level up but for me that has been the catalyst of my change and rightly so after the 30 years of misery I'd lived as a dieter for most of that time. If you're considering surgery and you're afraid to talk to others who have been there or are in the same boat I hope you have felt a little less alone as I've shared my own experience. Deciding to get surgery is not one that should be made lightly. I encourage you to talk about it with the right people that you trust as much as you can because it will help you decide if it's something you want to pursue. I know plenty of people who delve into the weight loss surgery communities to research, find people they love to be around and choose to not undergo surgery at all or at this time. As far as I'm concerned, the more people that know the realities of weight loss surgery, the better. And when people do educate themselves, the less people that are ignorantly going on about the easy way out. I do like to say it's a different kind of hard, but I also want to say that it's a very brave act to decide to go through weight loss surgery, even with the stigma around it, and choose to improve your life and well-being. For some people, weight loss surgery is truly the end of the road, the last ditch attempt to live again. And for others, they decide to take the leap earlier on in their journey and enjoy the benefits for a long life. There's no one story. Everyone has their own reasons and goals. To assume you know why someone would choose to lose weight or to chew... <laughs> Let's say again. To assume you know why someone would choose weight loss surgery is foolish. To assume their ultimate goal is weight loss is only absurd. Most of us decide to get weight loss surgery to change our lives, not just our clothes size. I have absolutely no regrets about weight loss surgery. I don't even wish I'd done it sooner. I believe it happened at the right time for me. I'd done all the different diets, I'd hit my rock bottom, I'd lifted myself with the help of others and then I'd made the choice that this was something that could help me and it's 100% without a doubt and a hesitation has. 
Gail, my emotional well-being coach, taught me a good lesson about visualization. I visualize myself, who I want to become. What does she look like? What does she feel? What kind of thoughts does she have? What does she say to herself and to others? I visualize her sitting with me, looking her dead in the eye and having conversations. I've done this throughout my journey, starting with my 2.0 version, 3.0 version, and now it's time for my 4.0. This is what I visualize my 4.0 as. We're sitting outside on my deck on the couch outdoor. 4.0 me has wavy short hair, she doesn't wear makeup, has a vintage tee and denim shorts on. She has bare feet and a funky coloured nail polish on. She feels happy, light and self-assured. She is happy to sit and enjoy the sun, to be and breathe. She is present in the moment. She honours her body by eating intuitively and mindfully so she feels good in her body as much as she can. She honours her mental and physical well-being by walking with friends and strength training in the gym. Her body and mind love both of these things. She is kind and compassionate to herself and others. She brings curiosity to thoughts that do not serve her and lets them pass. She loves easily and receives love easily. She feels and knows she is enough. Wow, that's us at the end of the book. That was the entire unexpected journey, 251 pages, 58,000 words. Um, I'm so excited to have just finished that. I literally just ticked off one of my goals for 2023, 2023, 23 things in 2023. Um, I really like that last bit there. As you see, I'm still visualizing. Um, gosh, some of some of the things I've said in the last few episodes have actually been quite inspiring just for myself. <laughs> That's pretty cool. My that you know, there's been there's been some highs and lows of things that I've said and shared. Um, but yeah, the last few episodes I've actually found quite inspiring and uplifting for where I currently am, which is awesome. Um, I might even print some of these things out and put them up on the wall. I, yeah, wow. I can't believe that I actually wrote all of that. Um, you know, I do wish that I had edited it or had someone edit it. So it, like, I know some of the things that I said didn't make sense, but I I was just, I don't want to have to go through and like, edit these episodes because I just don't have time for that so I just read it and hopefully the listeners will just make sense of what I've said or understand what I was trying to say and just think that I have really bad English um but just know I did know as I was reading it a lot of that some of it did not make sense um I'm super happy to be at the end of this and to be honest I feel like I probably should have prepared something for where I am at now but so three years post-op right still absolutely no regrets um you know obviously I had a pregnancy since getting since losing all the weight that I did from surgery I had a pregnancy and I've probably I feel like I've gained back about half of that I still don't have sleep apnea, which is good, and my fitness is still good. So technically, I'm still, you know, crushing those two goals that I got weight loss surgery for in the first place. My 
um, whole concept and understanding of my body and how it works and how I feel about it has just completely changed. I, it's actually quite cool to reflect on because, in, you know, I just started finding out about what is undieting and what is intuitive and mindful eating two years ago. And now I've actually been putting a lot of those things into practice. It's taken that amount of time. It's not something that you don't, it's, you don't just go, I'm just going to become an intuitive eater and I'm going to become an undieter. Like it's taken a lot of work. Um, I had like a six month bloody coaching and counseling intense block in not, was it last year? And, last year no the year before I have done a lot of things to get to where I am now and the self-awareness around food and I can it's yeah it's just so it's so cool to kind of read and remember how I felt like I was just starting out on this journey like yeah I know this is right for me and starting off and now I'm like at the end of it not at the end of it very well through the um, 10 intuitive eating principles to the point now that I think about number 10, which is gentle nutrition and applying some of those protein principles and vegetables back in. Um, But I definitely have taken the power away from food. I don't, there's nothing like in my heart of hearts, there's nothing that I tell myself I can't eat like and I 100% believe it um that took a long time to to realize um I'm still catching myself on like languaging around food you know it takes a long time to take 30 years of the way we talk about food and the way we talk about bodies and looks and all of that to kind of like pull it back but it's actually quite proud of where I am at compared to two years ago when I first started talking about this and I knew it was something and it was a big topic, but I actually really didn't have much to say because I hadn't experienced it yet. Um, Yeah, but I still believe, I don't think I would have, well, I can't see a life where I would have been able to really embrace intuitive eating without having had weight loss surgery for me, not not saying that's what everybody needs um yeah oh that's really cool yeah so no regrets I weight loss surgery changed my life Uh, I've been so grateful for this podcast um this is the end of season two and honestly as I sit here and read it I'm not really sure that there is a space for me to talk about weight loss surgery anymore I've kind of moved on from it in my life um I don't feel like I have much to say that people would want to listen to or that would be helpful for people anymore. I've said everything I need to say in my podcast. It's not something I think about every day anymore. I don't want to share my food in a day. I don't all that, you know, I don't want to share my before and afters. I don't want to share my weight, which is what I think most people in the weight loss surgery community kind of go to socials for. So I think this might be my last episode as Bariatric Yarns. Um, I'm so happy to finish season two. If you have been listening through season one and season two, thank you so much for listening. I've had people reach out to me via Instagram and have some yarns and that's been really cool. It's nice to hear that some of the things that I say have been relatable to others 
um, I really just wish everyone well on their journey. If I've said anything to offend at any point throughout this, you know, sorry about that. <laughs> but I, yeah, you know what? Like that, there's some things that I, as I keep saying, I'm like, oh my God, why did I say that? Why did I think, think that? That's kind of embarrassing. But yeah, just goes to show we all go through cycles, right? So I really need to wrap this up because I think I've just repeated myself 10 times saying the same thing. I always don't want this to finish, but yeah, thank you so much for listening and for being here. I hope something I've said is being relatable I don't even know if anyone is going to listen to this but um I've had such a fun time doing bariatric yarns especially season one all the different interviews and people that I talk to some amazing people doing amazing things um and just transforming their lives and that's probably the biggest thing that I admire about the weight loss surgery community is it really is a tool that has transformed so many lives. And yes, there might be people out there who are doing it because they just want to change what they look like aesthetically. And I'm not even judging them anymore, but I feel like your journey is much harder when that is your sole focus. But there are people out there who literally were potentially going to die. Or even if they weren't going to die, they were just living lives with no purpose or meaning and they had no hope. And having weight loss surgery changed their lives. And you could replace what I just said with many other different things and versions. But it's the changing their life part that I've really just admire those people who get up and grind and do the work, not just on their body but on their mind and they create a new life for themselves or they step into the life that they've always wanted to have and become the person that they've always wanted to be so um celebrations for all of those people well done if that is you if you're thinking about getting weight loss surgery um you know good on you for sticking it out and listening to this podcast for this long gee whiz don't know if I could have (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. If you want to reach out, I have my Bariatric Yarns Instagram and then my personal Instagram um, at from Lyon. And I would love to hear from you. If you have listened to the podcast for the last two seasons, please let me know. Um, I'd love to know if anyone's listened to this. That would be great. And thank you so much again. Um I'm kind of sad to go knowing this is my last podcast for bariatric hands, but I've really enjoyed doing this and sharing. And one day I might come back and listen and I'll probably judge myself then too. (laughs) So for the last time, um, I'm signing off again. Thank you so much. And I just wish you so well. As always, thank you for tuning into this episode of Bariatric Yarns. We'd love to hear from you over on our Instagram at Bariatric Yarns. And our final reminders of today, take care of yourself, listen to your medical specialist and be respectful of others in the weight loss surgery community.